0: Hey, you want
1: that to go? Our first takeout on the news comes from uh, Todd Zwillick, our Washington correspondent. And while all this discussion of uh, the situation in Haiti has been going on, there were negotiations for a final health care reform bill uh, that's dominating the situation in Washington. And it's all about a disagreement among Democrats, not uh, between Democrats and Republicans. Uh, the administration is at odds over some Democrats. And Takeaway Washington correspondent Todd Zwillick is here to uh, explain it all. Good morning, Todd. Hi, good
2: morning, John. So, what are they? What are they disagreeing on? Well, uh, high cost health care plans—we've talked about, and of course, that's a major issue between Democrats. The president has said he likes the Senate plan, which is to tax high-cost health plans, get revenue to pay for this bill, and at the same time discourage employers from purchasing these so-called Cadillac plans that cost a lot. But it's not the only issue. The Senate also wants these... Remember we've been talking about these exchanges, these sort of marketplaces right. where where you can buy health care and people compete for prices, drive down prices? The Senate wants these to be bifurcated, a separate one in each of the 50 states. The House says, no way, it has to be national or else it won't have any... Any market clout. So these are some of the main issues. There are others, but the president is really involved now. You know, John, throughout this whole debate, Democrats have been complaining in Congress that the president is kind of remaining aloof. You know, you got Joe Lieberman running around and Bill uh, Ben. Uh, uh, ben Nelson from yep. Nebraska running around and, and Blue Dogs, and the president's not giving any direction. Well, he is now. Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid and some other leading Democrats went to the White House yesterday for what was supposed to be an hour-long meeting on health care stretched to over eight hours mostly with the president. Now, we understand that he was in and out of the room dealing with uh, world leaders on the uh, on the earthquake situation in Haiti as well, but a lot of that time was with the president. Meanwhile, labor leaders also in the West Wing in a separate room Room, while the Democratic leaders are in another room, possibly a bit of a shuttle diplomacy situation going on because Labor's so very upset you know, about uh, about these negotiations. Sure. Uh, well, the, the,
1: the tax on Cadillac health plans would go directly at unions. We've had uh, uh, the AFL-CIO president even address that issue on this program. Todd Zwillick, Takeaway Cor- Washington Correspondent, thanks so much.
3: And now for a takeout on business, the leaders of the four big Wall Street banks were called to Capitol Hill to, test- to testify before the Financial Crisis Inquiry Commission. Hours and hours of questioning. They seem to take very little responsibility for the human error that contributed to the crisis.
1: Looking back on this now, would you look back on some of the financings as negligent or
2: improper? In the context of the world that we were in, um, I think those were very typical behaviors.
3: Louise Story, finance reporter for our partner in the New York Times. That's uh, Lloyd Blankfein, the head of Goldman Sachs, saying that those were typical behaviors that led to the crisis. Why does that make me uneasy?
0: morning, Celeste. Well, if you listened carefully, he did not answer the question. The question was, were those negligent behaviors? And he did not say if they were negligent or not. He said they were typical. And that is what you're hearing among the survivors of this crisis. The leaders of these banks, the ones that did not fail, the ones that are still here, are saying, look, this was what the world was like. This is what we were doing. This is what everyone was doing, and we did it less because we survived. The ones who really did it badly failed, and that's how they answered the question. So it's the, the old, I was
3: speeding officer because everybody else was going the same rate of speed.
0: That is the tone. That is the tone. Now, there's going to be a lot more hearings from this commission. Their goal is to get to the bottom of the financial crisis. They have a year to do it. Um, the head of the commission put it yesterday. He said that we are a proxy for the American people, their eyes, their ears, and possibly also their voice. So they're taking this seriously to dig in and figure out what went wrong.
3: So had had the answers from the bankers changed or maybe the
0: questions from the lawmakers? What I feel is different. You know, a year ago, there was a hearing in Washington with the eight leaders of the biggest banks that took the bailout, and I covered that, and that hearing was all about asking them for advice. How do we end this crisis? How do we keep you alive? How do we stabilize the markets? And there was a real shift in tone. Now that the markets are stabilized, you are seeing a lot more tarn feathering and a lot more hard questions, in part, I think, because leaders in Washington think they can question people now because they've stabilized the system, and also in part because, as a public, we've all learned more in the past year about what really happened, and I think we'll learn even more over the next year. I know that we're planning to continue deep reporting on what caused this.
3: Well, we'll see if that, any of that leads to reform, though. Louise Story, finance. Reporter for the New York Times.
1: We turn now again to Haiti. And you're hearing there the sounds of uh, workers by hand trying to remove hate, uh, rubble uh, to free survivors in a nation that's waiting for heavy equipment to even begin the rescue operation in earnest. Perhaps three million people are at risk for uh, 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 problems associated with contaminated water, the lack of food. Uh, Millery Polonet, professor of American studies at New York University. Give me a sense of, of the sort of visual picture of, of the difficulties, say, bringing in uh, water by truck or, or bringing airlifting in food supplies and getting it distributed.
2: Well, for a long time, the roads in Haiti have not been well. Um, <laughs> I mean going fifteen to twenty miles may take uh, you know up to two hours uh, heavy traffic, mass migration of people, so it 's a heavy populated area um, now with the uh, with the earthquake it 's even more time
1: and and your cousin, who I believe didn 't survive right. the earthquake was two hours away. Um, so two hours away. I mean, but that was by that was not by the crow flying two hours away. Right, right. It, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, he really there was no hope when his house collapsed. Exactly. And uh, is there anything that the uh, aid operation can do to make that easier? Is there any sort of quick rebuilding that uh, is possible here or, or really are the people going to have to come to the aid rather than the aid come to the people?
2: Well, the uh, for the for the people, they must come. They have to work first. Uh, and they've been doing it thus far. Uh, if we wait on people from the outside, it's not going to happen. And, uh, what, what's as quickly been, as we like. As
1: quickly as you like. Yeah. And what's been the track record on uh, hurricanes in Haiti? Has the aid worked there?
2: Uh, it's always been sketchy. Um, for a long time... Uh, corrupt governments have taken uh, the money that's been given. Other times uh, it's worked. All that
1: will be tested, certainly this time around. Millery Polonay, professor of American Studies at New York University. Coming up, what is the world responsibility of the world's richest nation in response to the devastating earthquakes that have rocked the Caribbean nation of Haiti? You can give us your take at eight seven seven eight my take or email us at, at org. It's a war on al-Qaeda, says Barack Obama. What does journalist Peter Baker think about that?